Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, the conflicts between Israel and Palestine are showing no signs of abating, as the number of deaths from both sides has surpassed 6,000. U.S. Republicans are meeting to nominate a new candidate for House Speaker to try to end the chaos in Congress. And the governor of California is on a week-long trip to China with a focus on cooperation on climate issues. We begin with the latest in the Middle East. The conflicts between Israel and Palestine are showing no sign of abating, as Israel has ordered airstrikes on the Gaza Strip and southern Lebanon. The Palestinian news agency says Israeli warplanes struck the surroundings of Al Shifa and Al Quds hospitals with several missiles. According to the Palestinian Health Ministry, over 4,700 people in Gaza and the West Bank have been killed since the conflict began over two weeks ago. Israel has reported about 1,400. Deaths. The country has amassed troops near the southern border with Gaza and the northern border with Lebanon. And Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu earlier convened a meeting of his top generals and his war cabinet to assess the situation. He also made another address to his troops on Sunday. Stefan Fried has more in Tel Aviv. This latest warning and this latest addressing troops,、uh, Prime Minister Netan, on his part, on Prime Minister Netanyahu's part, took place in the north, on the border with Lebanon, and he was he was talking to troops there, which is different. The other talks have been with troops in the south on the Gaza border. He said this is a kill or be killed situation. De facto, that's it. And he also said that if Hezbollah in Lebanon enters into this war, that will they will be making、uh, the mistake, or it, the body will be state, making the mistake of its life. Tens, tens, more than a hundred thousand rockets, longer-range missiles, more accurate missiles that Hezbollah has in their arsenal in、uh, Lebanon. Now we were there, right along the border with Lebanon and with Syria. And from the town that we were in, which, by the way, was being evacuated, and we're talking about more than 20,000 people being evacuated. And what we're hearing now from intelligence sources、um, is that possibly there could be an alliance, which would involve Lebanon, Hezbollah, Iran, Syria. As well as Yemen, Iraq. Right now, not sure about their position.、Um, uh, the U.S. that has warships stationed here in the Mediterranean would get involved, and on and on. This would become a regional and even further conflict. Again, the speculation around a ground invasion. Waiting to see. We don't know. We understand that the U.S. is putting some pressure, trying to put pressure on Israel to delay any incursion, and that would be an attempt to.、Um, Possibly secure the release of more hostages. That was Stefan Fried in Israel. In more clashes between Hamas and Israeli forces, the militants said they destroyed two Israeli bulldozers and a tank in Gaza in an ambush on Sunday. The Israeli army said shots were fired at its soldiers and its tank struck back. Meanwhile, humanitarian aid has been distributed inside the enclave. Noor Harazin reports from Gaza. 
Let us also talk about Al-Qassam's latest statements. Uh, Al-Qassam, which is the militant wing for Hamas, uh, said a few hours ago that a group of Israeli tanks and soldiers tried to encourage East uh, Khan Yunus. However, the Palestinian uh, militant fighters um, attacked them and uh, they returned uh, back. So maybe, maybe this could be um, an introduction to the very soon Israeli incursion on uh, the Gaza Strip. More than 2.3 million Palestinians living in an area of 365 square kilometers. This is the Gaza Strip. So uh, the needs are very high. The sources are very limited. Uh, the situation that the Gaza Strip have been through over the past 50 days uh, was Gaza's uh, worst humanitarian uh, crisis. The UN says that the Gaza Strip at least needs 100 trucks of humanitarian aid. That was Noor Harazin in Gaza. Turning to North America, the U.S. House of Representatives has been without a speaker for nearly three weeks. Nine Republicans will seek the top job on Monday when their party members meet to nominate a new candidate for speaker and try to end the chaos. James Bellman takes a look at what's next and what's at stake. After three rounds of voting, Trump-backed conservative Jim Jordan failed to get the 217 votes needed to become Speaker of the House. His fellow Republicans then pulled the plug on his candidacy. So Republicans are starting the process all over again. A host of representatives have announced their candidacies for the Speakership. In the coming week, they will hold meetings to try to find a new candidate, then return to Capitol Hill for a vote. The temporary Speaker's powers are essentially limited to overseeing the election of a new permanent Speaker. That means the House of Representatives is currently unable to take up legislation, including a spending bill to keep the federal government open past mid-November and a massive foreign aid package from the White House. If Republicans can't elect a speaker, Democrats say they are open to a deal to increase the powers of the temporary speaker on a short-term basis. But that would require concessions from Republicans, and that is simply not acceptable to some members, including the conservative firebrands who ousted the prior speaker and got the Republicans into this mess in the first place. That was Jim Spellman reporting on the race for the U.S. House Speaker. The governor of California is currently on a week-long trip to China. Gavin Newsom is scheduled to visit several cities and sign a number of agreements on issues ranging from climate and economy to tourism. He has repeatedly called China a strategic partner in the fight against climate change and says the world's fate depends on cooperation between the two sides. Addis Tiansen has more from Los Angeles. California's Governor Gavin Newsom has been at the forefront of the fight against climate change. At the United Nations General Assembly last month, he reiterated his goal to make California carbon neutral by 2045. To achieve net zero carbon emissions, California needs to add 148,000 megawatts of clean energy, nearly 422 percent more than what it currently uses. And in order to expand its infrastructure capacity for geothermal, wind and solar energy, it needs a partner like China. In order to build on that relationship, Newsom is going on a week-long trip to China, where he's expected to sign a memorandum of understanding aimed at advancing climate cooperation between the two sides. He's also expected to sign agreements with the leaders of Guangdong province, China's economic powerhouse in order to advance climate initiatives and bilateral economic development. 
Newsom also aims to promote tourism and cultural exchanges during his stops in Hong Kong, Shanghai and the province of Jiangsu. On a trip that highlights California's role in maintaining climate ties between China and the United States, the world's two biggest greenhouse gas emitters. That was Edis Tiansen on California Governor Gavin Newsom's China visit. In Africa, it's been six months since conflict erupted between the Sudanese army and the rival paramilitary rapid support forces. The United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund says the fighting has kept an estimated 19 million children out of school, with thousands of schools remaining closed across the country. Anastasia Waweru has this report. The fighting in Sudan has displaced millions and led to the deaths of thousands in the country. It has also disrupted the lives of millions of children in the country and caused them untold suffering. UNICEF says that 6.5 million have lost education access due to escalating violence. Insecurity has led to the closure of at least 10,400 schools in conflict zones. The war is having a daily impact on the lives of children in unimaginable ways. So children have experienced um, the horrors of war, they've lost friends, they've lost family members, they've had to flee and leave everything they know behind. Uh, and in addition, the basic services that are life-saving, that are required for babies and children, um, such as health services, life-saving vaccines, food, shelter, um, and a safe place to be are all compromised. Meanwhile, more than 5.5 million children residing in areas less affected by the conflict are waiting for local authorities' confirmation on resumption of classes. Even before the conflict broke out in mid-April, nearly 7 million children were already out of school. The ongoing conflict has worsened things for an already struggling education system. According to the Sudanese Teachers Committee, more than 300,000 teachers in Khartoum and other states have not been receiving their salaries. The state allocates only a small percentage of its budget to education. As much is spent on the security and defense sectors. Aid groups have appealed to the international community to provide necessary resources and support to ensure that millions of Sudanese children can continue pursuing their education. That was Anastasia Waweru on the humanitarian crisis in Sudan. Now recapping today's headlines. The conflicts between Israel and Palestine are showing no signs of abating as the number of deaths from both sides has surpassed 6,000. U.S. Republicans are meeting to nominate a new candidate for House Speaker to try to end the chaos in Congress. And the governor of California is on a week-long trip to China with a focus on cooperation on climate issues. And that's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.